I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today, as always. I'm Boyd Matheson. And as we've been covering the announcement today from Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi that she will be stepping down from leadership, that she will not run for a leadership post in the new Congress when the Democrats appear to be in the minority. Uh, and that she called for a changing of the guard, that it was a time for the baton to be passed uh, and to move on to the next generation. Uh, that's a that is a tough thing for a leader to do. Uh, and I think it was the right thing for Speaker Pelosi to do. And she should be applauded for that. I think we have far too many that hang on far too long. Uh, and they almost get into that space of uh, believing uh, their own importance to the extent that they think they're irreplaceable. And if there's anything I've learned from studying the life of George Washington, it's that everyone's replaceable. Everybody's important, uh, but everybody's replaceable. Because the moment you start saying, well, so-and-so is irreplaceable, uh, that probably means they should be replaced. uh, Because you're not building a bench, you're not building a team, uh, you're not moving things forward. And it is one of the great things that uh, our first president, George Washington, understood that there is a time uh, to move on. And that moving on is part of the beauty of this whole thing and the power of this whole thing. If we just have leaders who just cling and hold on to power uh, forever, uh, they're never going to show political courage. They're never going to do things that are really in the best interest of the country. Uh, But again, that becomes a hard thing. The longer you're in a position of power, the harder it is to, to let go of that. And I thought the way that Speaker Pelosi did that today was brilliant. Uh, It may be my favorite Nancy Pelosi speech ever um, because she struck the right tone. It was framed so well. It was masterfully written, and it was a message for our time, and it was a message for the future as well, which I thought was really significant. Well, we're really pleased to have joining us on the program today someone who understands the the room where that happens. Uh, John Lawrence is a visiting professor at the University of California, Washington Center. He's the author of Arc of Power, Inside Nancy Pelosi's Speakership from 2005 to 2010. And he has served in uh, the role I have great uh, empathy for, uh, being the chief of staff uh, for the speaker uh, from 2005 to 2013. John, thanks for joining us, and thanks for joining us on a, a day that's very significant for Speaker Pelosi. It certainly is. It's good to be with you, boy. Thank you for having me on. Uh, so let's let's start uh, just a minute. You, you had uh, 10 rules for newly elected members of Congress, and I'm going to come to that in just a minute. Uh, but I want to get some of the, the behind-the-scenes in terms of that uh, rollout today from Speaker Pelosi, give us a couple of quick reflections uh, on your time as chief of staff uh, with the speaker. Well, you know, I think what you saw there today uh, was uh, this incredible emotion that she has uh, about the House of Representatives itself and and the experience of being speaker, the 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 trust that her members put in her for for 20 years to be the party leader, the second longest period of any party leader in, in uh, American congressional history. And 
she felt, I think, that uh, she has given everything she can. I mean, this is a woman who uh, uh, would run ragged staff people a third of her age, uh, uh, going all uh, day long, weekends traveling uh, with candidates, fundraising, international trips to inspect troops and meet with foreign leaders, really indefatigable. And so, you know, you do that for 20 years, it's going to take it's going to take a burden, but I think that she felt that um, she's accomplished so much. She's accomplished such a large degree of the legislative legacy that she saw that she sought that this is probably a good time to step back and, and allow others to, to play that role. For yeah. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, and when you're doing that kind of leadership, uh, you're always on. <laughs> you always have to be on. Uh, you're always uh, trying to engage everyone. I uh, I, I joked with some folks today that uh, you know Republican campaign strategists uh, are now actually going to have to work uh, because they cannot run the uh, Nancy Pelosi ads in every single race, every single cycle. And uh, but that's an interesting thing from a. Again, a positioning standpoint where uh, I want to go behind the scenes a little bit because most people think of the partisan stuff uh, that you see coming out. Uh, You were involved as chief of staff in helping Speaker Pelosi navigate the complexities of legislative leadership, which I think is the hardest kind of of leadership. Uh, What did you learn from the speaker in her role that way? Well, you know, I often say you know, people people will point to things like the Affordable Care Act and other big achievements, but I always point and people ask me, "What do you think?" The, and and this in the in the book, The Arc of Power, this is exactly where I where I focus a lot of attention. I always think her greatest accomplishment, in some ways, was the TARP legislation. Not that it was mm-hmm. flawless legislation, but that you had in that situation the financial collapse in september of 2008 just a few weeks away from a uh, of a uh, from a presidential and congressional election a situation where uh the financial markets crashed she didn't feel it was of her making and she had been warning in fact president bush and his administration that that there were serious problems that were going unaddressed and she could easily have walked away from that and said you know what that's your problem i'm not burdening my members with Mm. this and instead she put together a bipartisan bill to give you know, $800 billion to the most unpopular human beings on the planet, uh, who she had been very critical of. Yeah. She put her components in there saying you've got to pay it back with interest. And incidentally, we made $100 billion off the TARP legislation for taxpayers. But it showed a side of Nancy Pelosi that people, I think, very often don't know, and that is – her interest in making the institution work, her interest, mm-hmm. her commitment as far as the national interest, those are factors that influenced her every bit as much as her, her partisan goals of winning elections.
elections. And in some cases, she put those those interests ahead of winning elections because there was certainly no guarantee in 2008 that passing that legislation wasn't going to backfire on her and on Barack Obama and other Democrats yeah. uh, by passing it. So I think that's a really important historical no, I, I'm so glad you raised that because it is that uh, that commitment by a leader to the institution and maintaining trust in that uh, I think is something that we're uh, a little bit lacking uh, in today's world. Uh, one, one last uh, comment there uh, in terms of kind of the behind the scenes. What's the thing about Speaker Pelosi that people just don't understand or just don't get uh, in terms of what drives her, uh, what really kept her rolling uh, through this extraordinary journey? I'm not sure that people understand the importance of faith to her. Mm-hmm. Um, very often, and I don't mean when she's giving a speech. I mean when she is in a private conversation with, with people. And a lot of my book is, is exactly that. It's behind the door, you know, closed conversations. When she talks about issues like health care as a right uh, or climate change and the, the legacy that you're leaving the planet to our grandchildren or human rights issues, she would always focus on the, the, the religious importance to her, the, the ethical and values. Uh, it, 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 sometimes I think people view, thought that, think that she views these things only as partisan political issues to be thought about. But she really saw it as a matter of, of, uh, of her faith and the values of her faith. And she is, of course, a very, very uh, uh, devout Catholic and, and sees that, those values without imposing the, religious, the religiosity on others, but taking the ethics and the values of religion and, and having that reflected in, in her business and government. And uh, I think that gets overlooked very often. Yeah, so important. And uh, I want to hit just one of the components from your piece from The Hill, and I'm going to invite you to come back uh, on another day to dive into this, because uh, one of the things you put in there for kind of 10 rules for success for new members of Congress uh, is is get the right staff. And clearly you were part of the right staff uh, for, uh, for the speaker, and, and uh, we know what staffing looks like and, and feels like and how exhausting that can be. Uh, but I want to have you just hit one uh, real quickly as we as we wind up here. One of the things that you uh, talked about in terms of a new member uh, is to make sure that they they never get complacent, they never get uh, just comfortable and satisfied with with where things are. Tell us just a little bit about that and how Speaker Pelosi lived that. Speaker Pelosi always felt that the great value of the House of Representatives, as contrasted with anybody else in government, was the closeness to your constituents. She used to say the members of the House. We go home and we put our hands on the hot stove every weekend, and we hear – and that's very much what the Founding Fathers anticipated, that you would have these people in these direct elected – directly elected by the people, the only people who were originally under the Constitution, and elected every two years. And they would bring back to Washington the passion uh, of the the constituency, sometimes for good, sometimes not for such good. But that was your job as a member of Congress was to fashion that passionate – interest of your constituents into sound public policy. I think she found that a fascinating process, uh, and and I can assure you she found it a very challenging one from time to time. Uh, great insight. John Lawrence is a visiting professor at the University of California, Washington Center, author of Arc of Power, Inside Nancy Pelosi's Speakership. Uh, he also served as Speaker Pelosi's chief of staff, and uh, as a former chief myself, uh, 
we I know where the the sausage gets made, and I know how exhausting uh, that is. So, John, we thank you for your service uh, during Nancy Pelosi's term and uh, that great legacy of leadership. And we look forward to having you back. We'll dig into some of these other rules for newly elected members of Congress. But thanks for joining us on a on a big big day. Thanks for it. I really appreciate that. I look forward to being with you again. Take care. All right. Again, that's John Lawrence, former chief of staff to Speaker Pelosi. And uh, that's a a big role, big job and uh, very interesting insight there in terms of the speaker, what she cared about, what mattered to her, what she thought the role was. Uh, Those are important things for us to really step back and think about, regardless of your political persuasion. There are lessons in leadership, good and bad, in every leader. And Speaker Pelosi, I think, showed today what it looks like to end properly. Endings matter when you're a leader of that stature. And I think House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did it right today. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.